This episode is brought to you by First Response. First Response recognizes that not all pregnancies are the same and neither is the road to get there. The First Response brand is fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys and providing accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. With a variety of tests that detect pregnancy hormones early and often, First Response is there for you every step of the way. All First Response pregnancy test products are available for purchase at all major retailers in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. A quick note before we get into the episode, Oversharing is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or psychological advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or mental health professional. Hello, and welcome back to Oversharing. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Dr. Naomi Bernstein. What's up? Happy Valentine's Day. It's not Valentine's Day when we're recording this, but it will be Valentine's Day when it comes out. So Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. It's such a holiday that to me means like very little now, but when I was, it's funny, like when I was You're single. Like, now that I found love, this holiday means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, kind of. Um, now that I found love, this holiday is so much less like activated for me than when I was single, where it was like this, like, and part of me when making this outline was like, should I pick like, like relationship love things to go with it but then I remembered like when I was single and I would that day you almost like wanted to stay you wanted to like hide in a corner so that you everything because everything you you consume or see has to do with it and if you feel if you feel like insecure about your relationship status like I did when I was single right um that was a day that I didn't want to be like constantly hearing about that kind of stuff totally it's almost like the kind of thing where you have these negative, you know, this negative filter, like Valentine's day is supposed to be a love holiday. Like, like you said, even now, right. You're in a relationship. I'm married. Valentine's day is a lot about like Jeff will buy stuff for the girls. And for me, it's not this like, you know, and yes, we do like some romantic things sometimes, but on a Tuesday night, we're not going to really like you know, get a babysitter and go out to a romantic dinner when everything's super overpriced and it doesn't really right. make sense to do it anyway. Um, but when you're single, it feels like it should, like you're wanting all of those things. Then when you think, you know, when you could do them, you're kind of like, eh, we don't really need to do this. We love each other. Or you make it about the kids or you make it about your friends or you make it about, you know, other things other type of love friendships. But when you don't have that, it has to be all about that romantic thing. Right. You know? Well, it's just kind of like a reminder of the thing that you want that yes. you don't currently have. And then everyone, it's like the day that everyone who does have it showcases that they do have it um, right. like quite publicly. So it's like, I, I, I remember you up, I would liken it to like, if you were like unemployed and it was like, National, like everyone who's got a job day, like <laughs> everyone just like talk about how much you love your job. And right, right. Like, um, I don't know. It just, uh, and like, you're right. Like it's not, it's, you know what I mean? It's very much, I, I think it's, it has nothing to do with the actual holiday. I think it's cute to make it about the kids because it should just be a day celebrating love in Whatever form yes, you have it in. Totally. And I think people are open to doing that once they have that security blanket of the romantic piece, or it's not like you're saying, you know, putting a magnifying glass on the one piece of their life that's kind of not filled in yet. Um, 
So I get that too. It's probably the same thing as like, you know, people feel like Mother's Day or Father's Day, if you've lost a parent, is a really hard day, you know, and everyone else is like, you know, enjoying and celebrating and doing all these things. And it's just like kind of a reminder for you of something that you, you know, don't have. Uh, So I could see these holidays being really hard for people. But if you're out there and you're feeling that way, I think Jordana is sending out a public service announcement (laughs) When you get it, you're not even going to really yes. care anymore. So, you know. It's not that special. <laughs> um, and um, I do remember, if you are single, um, I would, I would um, when I went out on Valentine's Day, like out at night with like my single friends, like it was a very fun night because everyone is out, you know. Right. Also single. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But um, Yeah. I think that it's, you know, we can, I, I would love it if people would just use it as like a love day. Show your parents love, show your siblings love, show your friends love. But I do, I mean, I think that's kind of a pipe dream because there is this, you know, scene set in your mind of sitting at a romantic dinner with your prefix meal. and Right. And, you know, you know honestly, and I said this about like Halloween with like kids, it's like, Sometimes you just like, it's a day is not for you. Right. And like, you, every, you know what I mean? Like we can't, I do also feel like we can't expect everyone to change their behaviors because something makes us feel bad because totally. of our own particular circumstances. So if it makes you feel bad, I think that's okay. You don't have to feel ashamed of that. Stay off the internet that day. Right. And, um, you know, you'll get over it. Yeah. I think sometimes, it. right. It's exactly. nice to be like, Okay, like this is this this feels a little uncomfortable for me. Doesn't mean I have to like avoid it or end it or shame people who want to say are, happy Valentine's Day right. on social media, right? Who are doing it, but um, you can also recognize not for you and just accept that you it's not your most comfortable day, right? And it's then a good can, yeah, it's, it's a good practice day. You know, I always say that type of thing, like any of these struggles. If you really dig into like mindfulness and buy into some of the stuff that we talk about here, the bad days are your growth days. You know, the good days where it's easy and you're doing it and it all feels comfortable, those are just your days where you get to enjoy the work. The Mm -hmm. days where you're really growing are the days where it is uncomfortable. And like you're saying, you just have to kind of say, this this day is not for me. This isn't maybe going to be my favorite day of the year. But I'm going to try to find, you know, oh, I wanted to check in with you on that. Like, find gratitude in something small that day, you know, in my oatmeal in the morning or the sun shining down today. Or, you know, have you been doing those small moments of gratitude? Not necessarily every day, but when I remember to do it, um, I do that like at the end of the day. I think it's nice, like almost like before you fall asleep to just, because mm-hmm. it, what I think it does also is I'm someone who gets like all my anxiety at night. Mm-hmm. Like during the day I'm perfectly functioning, but it's like when I, when I'm can't sleep or I'm, I'm up that I'm thinking about every problem that I could, that I have or potentially could have. Um, so right. to, to me, that's a great time to do it. Cause it just changes your like mindset to be positive and then you can more easily fall asleep. Totally. So on that, on, on today, if you're, if you're out there and you're single, use the day to just 
be mindful of the small little things. We tend to focus on these big picture things of like, do I have my dream job? Do I have my dream partner? Do I have my dream house? Do I have my dream vacation? Meanwhile, your actual life is just flying by you in small moments. So um, maybe today's the day to do some of that work. Right. Focus on what's actually happening instead of the fantasy of what you want to have happen. So, And that's really what it's all about. At the all end right. Of the Let's get into the episode though. Let's do it. So if you guys, if you have an email and you want to, you have a problem, you'd like us to go over a triggered intention, overshare, you can email us at oversharing at Betches.com or you can leave us a voicemail, which we love also at 646-363-6294. Spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and get ready for summer. I love working out with Peloton. I take their yoga classes multiple times a week. I also love Pilates. I just love that the classes on Peloton are so well done. The music is great. The instructors know what they're doing. I know everything's going to go super, super smoothly. It's an app I can trust. I always feel better after I take a Peloton class. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, Peloton has classes for you, giving you the flexibility you need to move your body. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class. If you want to level up, go to their Pilates or HIIT workouts or try yoga if you just need to ground yourself. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Peloton is everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Let's get into the episode. I'll read the first one. Go for it. Hello, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. Looking for some insight here on a situation that's been on my mind for a while. A year ago, I moved in with my roommate, and we've had a great time living together. It's very affordable, and we are on completely opposite schedules, so we never spend too much time together. <laughs> it's been great. We never see each other. That's, which, honestly, I think is a great quality in a roommate. That's not yeah. your best. If they're not your best friend, best to never see them. Right. <laughs> At the end of October, she, she ended things with a long-term boyfriend of four years. He refused to propose or move in with her, so she ended things. Not even two months after it ended, she became friends, quote unquote, with a coworker. He just left his wife when their friendship struck up. As in, he left his wife on a Tuesday, and by Friday, he was spending the night every night at our house while apartment hunting. He lived here for two weeks and has hung out with my roommate on a daily basis ever since. She's 23 years old, and he's 41 with a, with a seven-year-old child. I have recently asked her if they are officially dating, friends with benefits, etc., but she still claims they're only friends, but with potential for more. She's not weirded out by the 18-year age gap because she doesn't want kids and clearly doesn't fear judgment from others. I would be mortified to bring him home to my parents. Wow, that doesn't sound judgmental at all. <laughs> he has been kind and courteous to me, and I don't think he's a bad person, but the whole thing makes me feel weird. I guess it's hard to see someone you care about making terrible life choices and wounding themselves deeper instead of healing. I have a feeling that my roommate loves wounded men and sees them as an opportunity to build her own self-esteem. Every time he comes over or she lets me know he'll be here, I just get frustrated at her all over again. I feel like a parent with a kid who won't stop making poor life choices. How do I let go? 
How do I stop letting people's life choices affect me? Shouldn't I just be happy that she's happy? Sincerely, the betchiest roommate. This was like such a judgmental email. Yeah. I was like, um, but I think that it's their saving grace is that she kind of recognizes that that at the end. Right. I thought the email, like I thought the end of the email was going to be like, how do I get my roommate to stop to dating? To stop dating this guy. Right. This guy. But instead she does seem to like, it's weird because she doesn't seem to recognize that she's being kind of an asshole the whole time. But then at the end she does ask how she could stop caring. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I love I love when people write in one, because I think sometimes just a process of writing this out, then at the end, a lot of people kind of come to the conclusion that they need to come to. Like they mm-hmm. just vent it all out in the beginning. And then they're like, how do I just, you know, be happy that she's happy. And it's kind of like, I think, you know, the answer, you know, I mean, we can help her figure out how to do it. But I think she realizes that this is her choice. He's a nice guy, too. It's not I mean, it would be hard to change her, even if he was like not treating her well or, you know, being rude, but he comes over, he treats her well, he treats the roommate well. He's not married where he's, he's separated. Right. So like, it's not like he's doing any, they're engaging in some like, um, shady or illicit thing. Like to me, like there's nothing she, like the judgment she's making about her friends that it's like so embarrassing and that she's making, she says she's making, won't stop making poor life choices. Like what, who is she to say that these life choices are poor? Like maybe it's exactly what she needs right now. Right. Well, I think the concern is on her side that she had this four year relationship that she wanted to turn into marriage. And she ended that kudos, by the way, we talk about that all the time. If it's not progressing in the way you want it, be done. Um, So I give the roommate credit for that, but that maybe she feels like she didn't properly process or, you know, mourn the breakup and then jumped right into this other thing. I don't know if she would care if the guy was 25. Um, right. If she would care that she wasn't grieving her four-year relationship. I do think the age factor. And maybe there's a suspicion that he left his wife because they had been hanging out or something. Right. I don't to know. Me that that seems like it could, you know that's an underlying thing of potentially that being the case. Right. And I have a feeling that it probably helped her bounce back in some way from the breakup, or maybe it gave her the courage to end the four year thing. Yeah. I mean, to me, she's 23. And if this is what she needs to get over that breakup, even if it's not like the best thing for her long term, right? like what is it again, if the guy is nice and pleasant to be around and, like, what is it? I don't, I guess she's trying to figure out and I'm trying to figure out um, why she cares. Like, I think there's, there's two ways to judge something and we all judge just constantly, like constantly judging people. So I don't think it's like, oh, we should never judge anyone. Um, but I do think there's like, there's, there's judging in the sense of, okay, that person's doing that. I would never do that. Right. But like, good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there's judging, like, I like it seems like it's actually, like, angering her or bothering right, her. Right, which, right, Towards her. Not even, like, in a keep-to-myself kind of way. Right. Well, maybe that comes from the fact that they're roommates, right? So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree with you. I think she has to just kind of let it go and, like, let her make her own choices. Big, You know, that's my answer to this. I agree. 
but they're roommates. So she's 23 and she's bringing like a 40 something year old guy into their apartment to sleep there every night. That's more like now this is kind of my thing too, because I have this like much older man in my apartment, you know, more often than not. So I do think it pro- maybe she feels weird um, right. about that. Which I get. That that part to me makes more sense if it's about that. Right. Maybe. Yeah, I but I agree. I do think she has to just say, look, there's either two options. One, this isn't going to work out well for her. She's not really going to grieve if that's really what your fear is. Although I imagine if this kid was 25, it wouldn't bother you. But let's say your big issue is that you don't think she's going to properly grieve her relationship. She's going to have to just go through this in this way. And the, you know, one option is that all the things you're afraid of happen. This guy ends up leaving, gets back together with his wife, whatever it is, leaves her in the dust. And now she has no boyfriend and no friend, whatever he is. And Mm -hmm. she's more sad. Okay. So that's not good, but she had to go through that anyway to kind of get to the other side of this breakup. Or the alternative is this works out great. It helps her get over her ex. It wasn't like it was the next day. She was, did have two months between breaking up with her boyfriend and meeting this guy. It wasn't like it was the next, that week or the week after. So either way, I think she has to let her make her own choices. And the only way she's going to learn if that's what your fear is, is she probably has to go through it. And she's so young at Mm -hmm. 23 that this is the type of mistake that you make. I think when you're 23 and then learn from it. Yeah. And I think if she actually wants to be like helpful to her friend or roommate, or I don't know if they're calling each other friends, she could be like, what about this situation? Like, is like, what are you really liking about this? Like if you frame it in a positive way, but then you kind of get to a vulnerability there. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like when someone tells you like their feelings behind why they're doing something and it makes sense to them, then you can kind of, like, it takes the, like, venom out of the situation. Yes. If she said to her, like, it seems like you got, like, you're hitting it off. It seems like a little bit of a complicated situation, though. Like, what do you, do you, are you, do you feel like you're happier, though, now? Or, like, something, and again, mm-hmm. framed in a positive way that lets her feel like she can tell you how she's feeling instead of being like, what are you doing? This guy's, like, you're, like, staying with this 40, this guy is a kid. Like, he just left it. Like, this is stupid. Like, without finding out how she feels about it is not helpful. I think that could be helpful for both of them because one, it gives the roommate an opening to talk about how she feels about it without feeling judged. And two, it might give this listener an opportunity to see beyond the, you know, that she's like standing at a distance, looking at it, judging it. She might be able to get, like you said, a little bit more of the softer emotions that her roommate's going through And maybe she might say, look, this is just helping me get through this at this time. Like, I don't know if this is really going anywhere, but it just like feels okay for now. And I'm just doing the best I can. And I'm aware. And that might make her feel better, you know, or whatever it is, who knows what she would say. But I do think whatever information she would get would, like you're saying, help her get a better understanding of what her roommate's going through. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think she could open up a conversation with her and at least have a little bit of dialogue so she can get, you know, in her head and understand what's going on. And if, you know, if you really care about her happiness, then you're, 
being judgmental is just going to keep her from sharing anything with you. She's just going to kind of clam up and distance herself. So if you really do care for her in a way that you want to be there for her, however this turns out, your approach is the best approach. It's just non-judgmental and curious, and that's going to help her feel like you're there for her, whichever way this goes, so that she doesn't end up on the other side of this, like more lonely and more alone if he leaves and you're going to kind of be standing there with your finger out, like I told you so. Right. Then it's, if you really care about her, that's like the worst outcome for her, you know? Totally agree. I think that's going to make her feel safe enough to say something to you. And again, maybe it's like, maybe this is just like a little phase for her. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have, I think she's kind of being like, you, you have to, be in this other healthy path that I think is healthy. Right. And it's not really for her to decide, totally. in my opinion. I mean, rebounds aren't amazing, but they're not like the worst, you know? Like it's not, there's worse things you could do after a breakup than have a little rebound fling. I'm not saying it's the best choice you could do, but it's certainly not the worst if he's treating her well. You yeah. Know? And like you said, she's 23. So like, she'll, if that's not the best move for her, she's going to, it's a good time for her to learn that. Exactly. And then one day she'll, you know, it it actually might make her stronger for having gone through it. And then next time she'll realize, oh, wait, I did that already. That didn't work out. Let me choose a different path. Agreed. If you're looking for simple but quality products for your five-minute makeup routine, or you want full-faced glam that'll stun on a night out, Thrive Cosmetics has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. One of my favorite things about my Thrive products, and I love the mascara. I wear it on every single recording I have because it looks like I'm wearing eyelash extensions, but I'm not. I also love that Thrive Cosmetics supports communities that I care about. I also love Thrive's new Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlighter stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. Just apply to the inner corner of your eyes to look rested and effortless. You can use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow or use the metallic shades for an easy smoky eye. The foolproof formula makes it extremely easy to apply and blend any of the 16 shades. Perfect for five-minute makeup or full face glam. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash oversharing. That's thrivecosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash oversharing for 10% off your first order. Let's do a betcha system. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Dear Jordana and Dr. Naomi, I've been a longtime listener of you up and have found a therapist I love within the past two years. So the oversharing podcast has been a perfect combo of both things I love. I'm a 30-year-old single female living in a big city. I have great friends, a great job. I feel really happy with my life 95% of the time. This year, my youngest sibling, 26, is getting married. I'm so happy for the couple and genuinely am so excited for the wedding and all that's to come. I'm writing in because as happy as I am for them, it's bringing up a lot of insecurities. I'm the only one of my three other siblings not in a relationship. I'm the oldest, and side note, but somewhat relevant, I'm the only one who's not in a service-oriented career. Two teachers and a nurse. I work in private equity. I can't help but feel like the frigid corporate spinster older sister compared to my kind, warm, younger siblings in happy, healthy relationships. 
My family is open and close, so I want to express my heightening feelings of insecurity to my mom and sister so I can have support or reassurance that it's normal to feel this way and it's okay to be single at this point in my life, but I'm afraid I'm going to come across as making this all about me and self-centered or that I'm not happy for my sibling during this special time. I do not feel ready for marriage right now, so it's not a jealousy about the wedding, but more an insecurity and not having a boyfriend or partner for these events. I can't stop fixating on the idea of all the wedding guests looking at me and wondering what's wrong with her or labeling me as the sad single older sister since I will be one of the only single attendees over 27. How do I express my feelings of insecurity safely to have support from my mom and sisters without coming across as self-centered? Or am I being selfish for even wanting to bring it up at all? Sincerely, the party pooper. It's great email, I think. Yeah. I mean, to give her the reassurance without having to talk to her mother and her, her sisters, I think this is a very, very completely normal feeling. I'm sure you deal with this constantly with your patients. And totally. I felt that this uh, the similar way myself. Totally. Yeah. It, and I, I do think, and we talked about this a while back, there's like this shame in having moments of jealousy or having moments of like not being entirely happy for people that you love. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's normal and that happens and it's a moment um, and our emotions are not black and white, you know? So for her to feel like a hundred percent of the time I need to be nothing but overjoyed for my sister, I think that's a tall expectation. I think people, are, if it's something, it doesn't even sound like it's something she wants. I think this is more about what other people are going to think of her singleness than what she really thinks of her singleness. Right. Cause she writes that she's happy 95% of the time, which is a very high percentage for totally people in and out of relationships. Right. Um, totally. So I think that's great. I totally agree. I think it's like, it's annoying. Cause there is like this, it is so much of like a societal thing. Like if we lived in a world where no one got married until 35, she probably wouldn't even, this wouldn't even cross her mind. Right. Or like, if you know what I mean, it's all about, the comparison of the people that you're living with. And I think that the feeling is totally normal. I think she can say something. I think the con, I think what makes a difference between like making this all about me and, um, expressing, you know, your vulnerability around your family to your mom or your sisters is the timing. Yeah. I wouldn't bring up this conversation at the engagement party. Right. I wouldn't bring it up in a, in a conversation that's, uh, that's, uh, that's surrounding the excitement around the wedding. Even if that's, you know, that's a conversation you're, in the middle of having, right. I would take a private moment having nothing to do with that. With on an off member. week, right? Right, on an off week, right. um, to share any to share that with, um, to have just like a vulnerable conversation with any one of your family members, which, where I think they would completely understand that, and it wouldn't be. I don't think anyone would think that you were making it all about you. Totally, and I think it's funny because if her fear, which is that everyone's looking at her and feeling terrible for her because she's the single older sister, you know, her fear is that they're already thinking like, "Oh, she probably feels a little bit weird about this." So you bringing it up isn't going to be, you know, strange to them. I think, like right. you said, as long as the timing is right. I have a lot of patients that deal with this feeling of not, not that they're so upset about being single. And I, maybe there's a piece of that, but almost this feeling of like other people feeling bad for them that they're single, like that vibe is really 
irritating to people that are single mm-hmm. that when they're kind of like, I'm happy 95% of the time. But when I go home to my parents' house, I get this like sad face, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> or if I'm at a dinner, like the one that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, she's at the dinner and everyone's just constantly trying to set her up or, you know, this feeling of like, everybody else has this agenda that it makes them so uncomfortable that I'm right. single or feel and, so bad for me. You know? And you want to feel like you have a life that people are like, respect yes. and feel like, and I think women, I mean, women get this just so much more than men and it's, it's very unfair, but like, you want to feel like, you know, if a guy goes home, he's asked about his job and his career and how it's going. Yes. And she has got like this great job. She's in private equity. She's probably making like a lot of money and like feels good about herself. Um, and that, and no one really cares. She's like, Oh, like what I, what I at, thrive at here. No one yes. cares about. Yes. And that's something I think she has to work on because she's also, it's so funny. Cause this email could have been written so differently. Like you could almost see the email coming from like the sister's perspective. Like, Oh, I'm a nurse or a teacher. And like my older sister is making so much money. She's in private equity. She's like the, you know, considered the successful one in the family. And I'm just like, you know, being a teacher and getting married. And, you know, you could, you could just see how this is all about your perspective on this situation. Like somebody could be very jealous of her situation. And honestly, if these were men, I think that would be the email you'd be getting if these were like all brothers. Totally. Right. Like my 26 year old brother is a teacher. He's getting married. Like he's kind of, he's wrapped it all up already. Like there's nowhere else for him, him no place else for him to go. Yes. Just be such a different conversation. It's crazy. Yeah, it is true. So I think that this listener maybe could focus on just like owning this, her path in a positive way, instead of what I think she's done is created this negative identity around it as like a single spinster, cold, you know, whatever (laughs) she wrote, which, you know, that's, that's on you to kind of take ownership. And I think you'll feel better. And yeah, you might still get people that are constantly trying to set you up or that are like, you know, doing the thing where they look at you and they think like, why aren't you married or, you know, that you think they're perceiving you like they're feeling bad for you. But all that matters is you're happy 95% of the time. That's amazing. So if that's the case, even if it's 85% of the time, even if 95% is an exaggeration, but if it's not like stand tall in that, that's what everyone's looking for. Yeah. That's why people are getting married. That's why people are, you know, that's why your sister's becoming a teacher or getting married or doing what she's doing is she's striving to be happy 95% of the time. You got that. So the rest is just the packaging. So how do you, how do you work between those two things of like accepting that you're a little jealous and are uncomfortable a little bit Mm -hmm. with trying to be this confident person who's like, it's almost because like, it sometimes they're appear op- opposing, like oh I'm gonna like lean into this story that I'm mm-hmm. an incredibly happy like successful thirty year old woman, versus like because those feelings of jealousy are still there even if you keep telling yourself that they're not. So it's kind of like I could see why it's hard to almost pick a lane because then you're like am I am I being fake by saying that this doesn't bother me when it does? Right. Well, that's why I love the fact that she's wanting to talk it out. 
because that means that she's willing to like accept that she has these feelings mm-hmm. in moments. Like we always talk about, there's moments maybe when they're playing the slow song at the wedding and she has nobody to dance with. That's a moment where she's going to feel like, Oh, I wish I had someone here or whatever it is when they're like hanging out, you know, there's going to be moments like we talked about Valentine's day, right? That one day, you know, or right. even like moments throughout that day might not be like your best, but then that day is going to be over or like the days in between the wedding or, you know, the days where you're taking a vacation because you make a lot of money or the days where you're, you know, just like doing whatever you feel like and you don't have to go to your fiance's grandmother's 81st birthday or whatever it is. Like there's going to be days where you're like, you know what, I'm enjoying this um, or moments where she's enjoying it. Um, so I think again, just focusing on, okay, I'm having a moment. I'm just going to let this, I'm going to accept it. This, maybe it belongs because it is sending her a message that she wants to have a partner. You know, maybe that's the, she can accept that this is her discomfort maybe is letting her know that she does want that. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Noted. That's something that I do want, but then I can let that pass and come back to enjoying what I have right now. So again, just like the passing moments, I think, realizing you're not going to be black and white. And having the conversation with her family, I think, is a great start for her, like, owning her own feelings. Yeah, totally. That's a great point. You can be jealous now and then, but it doesn't mean you are, that is your state of, that is your entire reaction to this wedding. Right. I really believe it's not, because the way she's talking. You can feel jealous in a moment without that being, like, the overall label that you're giving yourself if someone talks about your reaction to this happening totally there is nothing better than feeling yourself especially when your denim looks and feels good that's why lee is a staple in my wardrobe because everyone is an icon in their own right and lee makes denim so you can own your style and feel good about it I got a few Lee pieces that I absolutely love. They've been a a wardrobe staple of mine ever since I got them. I just keep basically like switching between the two or three jeans that I got. Every time that I wash them, they get more comfortable and they get more fitted and more flattering to me. I love that they flatter every body type. They're timeless. So you can wear them at any point. I love that the jeans feel like comfortable yet flattering. I don't know how they do it. It's actually an art and they've mastered it. Leah's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly has a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. 
and you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OVERSHARING20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code OVERSHARING20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code OVERSHARING20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay, let's do some intentions. Let's do that. Dear Dr. Naomi and Jordana, thank you for this podcast. I love what you do. I just recently found out that I'm pregnant. An exciting, not totally planned, not totally unplanned surprise. And I can tell already that it's going to be a lot for me emotionally. Right now, I'm about eight weeks pregnant and super looking forward to what's to come. But I can't shake from my mind the pretty consistent influx of negative thoughts and worries. A fear of not wanting to mess it up or something going wrong out of my control. Miscarriage has been on my mind a lot. Jordana, I'm so sorry this is something that you've had to experience. And the thought of it deeply saddens me. I want to be able to enjoy my pregnancy without this fear always being present in the back of my mind. And while the chances of miscarrying past 12 weeks are much lower, I wonder, once I pass this mark, if I will be occupied by new fears about childbirth. Raising the kid right, does it ever really stop? (laughs) I'm generally a very positive person, and I practice mindfulness regularly, but this one has me stumped. I really, I would really love to hear your thoughts on how to quiet the chatter and send, set an intention for this new wild ride. Thanks again for your insight. I would listen every day if I could. The getting bigger fetch. All right. I'm glad she wrote in. Um, I'm sure you probably have thoughts on this, but I think that this is, I'm so glad she's like work, trying to work on it now because she's right. If she doesn't mm-hmm. do something, it probably will never stop if you don't have an intention, because, you know, this whole process is very out of her control. Yes, she may have a miscarriage, she may have a, you know, then the baby comes out, and you're counting all the fingers and all the toes and making sure everything's okay. And then are they developing and my friend's baby is saying four words, and my baby's not saying any words and who's walking and who's, you know, ugh, it can be spiral. Yeah, it could be really, um, exhausting to worry constantly about the development of your child from conception to, you know, forever. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, when being pregnant, this this feeling of like, because it's like in your body and it's like with you at all times, you're like every decision I make now I have to think about like, because, you know, when you're kind of just living your life um, without kids, I feel like you're kind of like, every decision just feels like much lower stakes. You're kind of like, well, I I could, I could order the burger or I could order the salad. And now you're like, well, like, I don't want to be like giving the wrong food. Right. right. I remember even like the sub, I'm like, should I be on the subway? Is this like, is this irresponsible? Is this like, Uh, Oh wow. Right. Like like, all these things where it's like, and it's not necessarily that you're not doing those things. It's just that like you get a little extra anxiety from doing them from the idea that like, are you, doing it wrong. If something's ha- happens, is it on you? Because especially when you're pregnant, it's like you yes. are the only one who really has control over yes. um, what's happening in there totally. or to some, it's not full control, obviously, but right. to an extent. Right. And it really comes down to control. Right. And, and parenting, even in the early stages of just getting pregnant or even women that are trying to get pregnant, right. There's like, 
I have to, you know, create this perfectly healthy body and environment mm-hmm. for this baby to grow in. So who, you know, there's this false in some ways, I'll just say that I think sense of control that we have as aspiring parents or parents that because we are creating this little being and we're raising this little being that we have a lot more control than we think we do. And I think that that um, ends up kind of stealing our joy and in some ways stealing our kids' joy eventually or not being the most present effective parent when you try to take too much control over the outcome. So it's like the last email, right? At some point, you're not going to like your child's choice about this or that. And how can you, you're going to start worrying, well, what if they don't take AP calculus and then they're not going to be able, you know, it's like, it'll be never ending. At some point, you have to just trust that you've, this person is their own independent person and they're going to go out into the world. So even in this stage of like having a little teeny fetus of just being able to say, you know, just accept that right now everything's okay, right? Unless you Mm -hmm. have any news otherwise, like right now everything's fine. Everything that I've done to try to control all the outcome has led to this moment. And I can either like relax into this moment that is okay and enjoy that, or I can then kick the can down the road and stress about the next thing. And that will be infinite. So one, one exercise that I thought would be helpful for her in line with that, because even myself, you know, 10 years down the line from where this listener is as a parent, I feel like I need to return to mindfulness as a parent. Often when I see something, you know, like, let's say, you know, my kid is not behaving well, or my kid is not something that they're doing doesn't feel like it's right. And as a psychologist, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, the stereotype, like psychologists are like, you know, have crazy kids or whatever. There's like a stereotype. Craziest of them all. Right. (laughs) So I'm very aware of the stereotype. So sometimes when they're, if one of my kids is not behaving, I want to like take, take control of it. But what I need to do is just like, relax, have a moment of mindfulness, let go of control. They're their own person. I don't have control of this whole situation. So one thing I thought would be helpful for this listener that I do with my kids, even as they're older and they're not within my own body, is when you start to get anxious, almost the same way that you want to eat healthy foods and take your vitamins, like send your baby five mindful breaths in that moment. Like I'm not only going to practice this being present for myself, but I'm going to almost start like sending that energy, that mindful present Mm -hmm. energy to my baby at this point. If there's something you're going to do to try to take control of it, rather than like thinking it to death and analyzing it and like worrying and projecting everything forward, do something in the moment that's in line with mindfulness where you can kind of send this mindful energy to your baby. And you can do that, you know, like I can take a pause right now and send mindful energy to my babies that are off at school right now, you know, and just kind of like send them your relaxed nature, five like mindful breaths. And maybe they'll receive those breaths and they'll have this little moment of mindfulness in their own little world, whatever, whatever their world is, whether it's in utero or, you know, out in the world, 
down the line. I think it's a good practice for being a parent is just kind of, you know, the best thing you can do to help your kids is be present and not try to control everything because that's not going to be helpful to you or to them. And like accepting the unknown and accepting that this moment is all we know. Right now, according to what she said, her baby's okay. So allow yourself to enjoy that. Everything's led up to that. I got pregnant. I have this healthy baby. It's growing inside of me. And allow yourself to enjoy that right now. That's a great point. I remember something you said a while ago that I think about that a lot. Like there's no reason to suffer now for a potential suffering that is not hap- that will probably or may not happen in the right. future. Totally. So suffer when you need to suffer. Yes. And there but, will probably right. be moments, you know, like you went through that too. So I think yeah. there's like, you know, I don't think being more nervous the whole time would have changed the fact that, you know, like we talked about, maybe that initial shock wouldn't have been so shocking. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that big picture, it would have changed much if you would have been worrying, stressing out the entire time, you know, but that moment was really shitty. I'm sure whatever that moment was, where the worst thing happened was a really terrible moment, but it eventually passed. It passes. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing stays bad or good forever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's going to continue. She's right. The, The one thing she should worry about is like this, which she is, by writing in and saying like, how do I not live the rest of my life forever worrying about what's going to happen yeah. with my kids? So mm-hmm. is there a specific intention phrase that you think she should? Yeah. Say? So, so, um, I, I, the one thing I think is like, you know, she could pause and just send mindful breaths to her baby. So I think I like that's that. like an intentional thing that she can do in that moment when she starts to feel anxious. Um, And another one that I think she can tell herself is all of my life has led to this moment. I will allow myself to enjoy it. So it's like giving your mind a break and Mm -hmm. just telling your mind, allow myself to live in this because this moment of being healthy and pregnant with a healthy baby for all that you know right now is probably a beautiful thing for you. So allowing your mind, like telling your mind, thank you for trying to protect me. I'd like to enjoy this moment. You know, so the intention that I wrote was all of my life has led to this moment. Enjoy it. I like that. And that's good for almost anyone who's listening. (laughs) Yeah, right. Totally. I mean, and anxious about anything. Exactly. Like all the worrying that you've done from the time you're seven years old or eight or whenever you started worrying Mm -hmm. has all led to this moment where you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're out for a walk. You have a, you know, a smartphone that's playing some, you know, something into your headphones that you can afford and you're breathing and hopefully you're healthy. Some people aren't. That's a, you know, we can deal with that. But all the worrying has led to this moment, which is like, okay, pretty good. Yeah. pretty good. So all that worrying is for nothing if you don't sit back and let yourself enjoy what you've accomplished thus far. Right. Don't hoard the, uh, the happiness. Use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like totally. people who are like rich who won't spend any money. It's like, what's the point? 
Right. Things are good. If you're not going to enjoy them, what's the point of them being good? Right. Yeah. And even just a shared message for her and her baby. And, and again, I, I can still use this with my older kids. Like, you know, just simp- as simple as we are okay right now. We're okay. There's nothing that is happening right now that warrants me being pulled out of this moment. Right. So. I love that. Yeah. All right. Hopefully that's helpful. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Okay, let's do some triggered or the first trigger. Hi, Jordan and Dr. Naomi. I've been loving the show and often tell my own therapist I heard on a therapy podcast, which I'm sure she just loves. <laughs> Hello. <all. laughs> I have a triggered situation. Do people, do people ever say that to you? Like they're... They're kind of like, I heard something or like, yeah, I heard this yeah, or people that. People will share. And I, I actually, just for her information, I'm always happy to hear new information that other people are finding helpful. So I don't personally mind it. Does it ever like disagree with something that you're saying? Um, like, just, not really. It's usually pretty. Like I'm always on, right, backed by the research. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's just a lot of the stuff that people are clinging to is more open-ended. You know, it's not like take the job, don't take the job or, you know, like it's not specific. It's kind of these general um, phrases that are just like helpful mindsets. So usually it's pretty good stuff. Um, I hope, I hope she likes what we have to say on here too. Same. All right. I have a triggered situation. I was tasked to plan my best friend's bachelorette as a bridesmaid with her sister, maid of honor, and our other best friend, also a bridesmaid. The catch is my friend's sister has an Android phone, (gasps) so we can't communicate via iMessage, refuses to download WhatsApp, and refuses to download download Facebook or Messenger. 
Therefore, we were forced to plan the entire bachelorette party through Instagram Messenger. That is very annoying. <laughs> and a variety of Google meetups. I was, it was truly awful, LOL. One night we all agreed to meet via Google Meet. Keep in mind, this was our first Google Meet and we had only been communicating via Instagram Messenger. Uh, we all agreed to 7 p.m. And around 5 p.m., I confirmed that we were still good and said I would send a link soon to Google Meet. Everyone agreed, and around 6.40, I sent through a link. Myself and my best friend joined promptly at 7 and waited for the other girl. We waited until 7.15 to give her grace and sent a follow-up message. Silence. 7.30, another message. Silence. 7.50 rolls around, and another message to finally receive a message from her friend that she was joining. She joined the call, hot, saying she expected an email invite to a Google Meet, and that is how she is invited to meetings at work. Please note, I have been working at premium corporations for eight years, so I know how meetings work in offices, LOL. She said her phone was charging in the other room, and she was waiting for an email to come through. No apology at all. We mentioned she could pull up Instagram on her desktop, too. She never apologized, blamed us, and I'm still annoyed to this day. How triggered should I be? Best, it's going down in the DMs. Um. I feel like the fact that she that they had an appointment at seven and she didn't think, let me just pick up my phone and see like if anyone's messaged me, right, was almost maybe a little passive. I could see how this listener could perceive that as somehow passive aggressive. Like, you know that if if someone's supposed to meet and the meeting's not happening for some reason, there's a disconnect. Go check your phone. It's like yeah, pretty simple. No, I mean, it's very, and again, it's, sometimes it happens where you're like, maybe she forgot or whatever, right. but, to, but without apologizing, and this goes for anyone who's late to any meeting at all, if you're going to show up 50 minutes late and not be like, I'm so sorry, this happened, even if you give an excuse after the I'm so sorry, to not apologize at all is very um Well, she was rude. not only not apologizing, she was mad that the invite didn't come. That's why I think it's a little passive aggressive, because it's almost like, I will only receive invitations in this manner. And if they right. are not received in this manner, I will sit here quietly and wait for them to be received in this particular manner without even like asking for an invitation. Right. Yeah. Or checking in, hey, I didn't get the email. What's up? You know, yeah. like just check, you know, it's when there's a meeting that's not happening, I think it's both parties' responsibility to say, hey, this is funny. We were supposed to meet at seven, it's now 7 15. Right. Where are you? What's up? I find this so funny with the bachelorette stuff too, because it's like, you're putting together a group of people that they probably wouldn't be friends. Right. Right. Them and the sister, like they're only friends because they, she's friends with her sister. She's not friends with her. So she's kind of, but it planning this bachelorette kind of puts you in the situation where you like are forced to be like cooperating with someone mm -hmm. who normally you wouldn't plan a trip with someone you didn't like, but like the bachelorette totally. kind of brings together all right. these people who don't necessarily uh, get along. And it doesn't sound like her sister cause cares that much about this bachelorette. Um, right. Cause if she won't download any of the apps, she doesn't really seem particularly excited about planning it. Like it doesn't sound like this is really her thing. Right. Or she doesn't like you guys either. Maybe also. <laughs> right. I, or I don't know. Do you think there's a thing like a stubbornness about, the Android and the apps and the what's, what do you think That's a about great point. That? Having an Android by default makes you probably someone who's just like 
my way or the highway. Right. Like there's a there's like a principle behind it or some type of a larger I don't know. I mean, I'm not tech savvy in that way. So I don't know that world, but we know. I, We've I, seen yeah. the Yahoo email. <laughs> but I do think that there might be some, it seems like there's a stubbornness here. That and that's probably what's rubbing her. There was like a stubbornness in refusing to download the apps that would make it more convenient. I have probably 10 apps on my phone that I really didn't want to download that I just downloaded to kind of go with the flow of whatever right. it was that I was trying it's free. to do. Right. Like. It's free. It's five minutes, you know, like it's <laughs> with my kids, the sports teams, you'll see this down the road, but like every sports team has a different app that they want to communicate on. So I have like six different communication apps and I'm not going to be like, nope, not downloading another app. You know, like you're going to have to contact me in the way that I would like to be contacted. So I think there's some kind of a stubbornness in general with her and planning this that I think is rubbing this listener the wrong way. And I can kind of see if it was just this, maybe it wouldn't bother her so much, but the idea of like, they're already planning the entire bachelorette party on Instagram. Yeah. That doesn't seem at all like helpful. Right. So she's just being like a bit stubborn and planning anything with anyone that's that um, inflexible is very right. frustrating. And then it could be really annoying because you're like, oh, it would be just easier if we could just plan this without them or like give them a task. But then you're like, oh, she's the maid of honor. So, mm-hmm. and, and you're kind of like, well, we're not close enough for us to ask what's really going on here. Or if she wants to just take over the whole thing, or maybe they would be like, or we'll just plan the whole, like they would probably rather. And that's the annoying thing again, when there's like the sister and the friends Unless they're like already kind of close, it can just be an awkward thing where no one's even suggesting something that they think might be more helpful for fear of insulting the other person. Right. They might just be like, oh, we can just handle it. And maybe you could just do this. Like you could book the, you know, the, the restaurant reservations, but they don't want to be like, oh, stepping on the maid of honor sister toes by like doing too much. So I think there's a lot of these dynamics when you get like bridal parties and bachelor bachelorette stuff. Totally. It sounds, as I hear you explain this, it sounds really just there's so many interpersonal dynamics and you can only have like so many type A's and so many type B's. If you have too many type B's, nothing gets done. If you have too many type A's, it's like this type of thing. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So it's, uh, this is No one wants to step on each other's toes. You don't know people's personalities, like you said, and how they're going to handle things. So then sometimes people just tend to back off. Um, yeah. Uh, that's why if I'm planning something and I plan multiple bachelorettes, it's like, I'm either planning it with someone that I know extremely well and can call out or, or Mm -hmm. discuss it with. I'd rather, the worst thing is planning it with someone's sister. Yeah. It's just the worst thing because it's like, then you're kind of don't know what your place is. You don't want to be too aggressive, but you don't want to also be like tapped out or like, or like, considered like they're not doing enough right so it's uh they should eliminate that it should be like the sister (laughs) plans the whole thing right the friends plan the whole thing don't put people on like a work task together where they don't know each other it makes it so much more difficult that would be interesting like a you know um to set up sort of like a, a a managerial guide to planning 
bachelorette <laughs> parties, like do's and don'ts, you know, like if the sister's going to plan it, look, she doesn't have to do the whole thing alone, but she's just should delegate. Yeah. She here's should be what like, I need you to do. Here's my plan for the trip. Yes. Can you make this res- these reservations? Can you order the decorations? Yes. Like, um, I booked these three things. Like one person needs to take the lead or two people who are very close friends. Yes. I agree with that. The two people can't be two people that have like never met and have no idea who each other are and how they work. Because this is the type of thing that happens. Agreed. I think that bachelor parties, from what I've seen, are run in a much more, in a way, much more like that, where it's one person Just planning saying what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, Agreed. Unless they're having fun with it. You know, like you're, like you said, you're doing it with a friend and it's like you're enjoying the process. So yeah. I wouldn't, you know, on the scheme of triggered that we've had on here, I don't think it's like super high, but I could see it being annoying. Um, right. Well, this is just, this is going to be like, like you said, one of many things. So it's just going to be like everything this woman does is also going to annoy her now. Yeah. Oh. Like you see it through that lens of like. I feel bad. This yeah. isn't going to be that much fun. Hopefully the actual, you know, weekend will be great once it's all done. Right. Um, and the funny thing is, it's like after that weekend, when are you ever really talking to this person again? It's so right. a funny thing about those like bachelorette group texts or something. It's like, here's a bunch of people that I will never speak to again after this right. weekend. Totally. <laughs> Although I do, you know, looking back now that I'm so far beyond it, I think it's nice because like I'll talk to a friend and they'll say like, oh, you know, remember, I just spoke to so-and-so. I remember like from my wedding and like I would have, if it wasn't for the wedding and the yeah, whole I process, so. I would have no idea who that person's like high school best friend was. But now when they mention them, I have like an idea of the person. So there is a, a benefit, I think, in connecting your, like you get to connect all your friends for that That's time true. in your life. Um, and forever when they mention you know, like Jenny from high school, I kind of have an idea of who Jenny from high school is. She was the bitch that refused to download the app. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, I'll uh... always remember her that way. <laughs> Not fondly. Yeah. That's funny. And bachelorettes are also just full of so much passive aggressive shit of like, because there's like, it's also, so it's like money. Everyone yes. wants to spend a different amount of money. Yes. Everyone wants to go a different amount of days. And then like, if you're planning it and the person wants to come two days versus three days, should you charge them for three days because it's a house or like, uh, there's just like all these little like awkward interpersonal middle decisions that are often like financially stressful too. So right. I think that um, I thank the person planning the bachelorette. It's a very annoying role. Yeah, totally. I, although I will say, I think at least from your perspective, because I know you had a lot of these and they seemed like they were awesome. They were looking at the photos. It looks like it was worth it in the end. Once 100%. You got there. Yeah. And like no, everyone's are. just partying and having a blast and like some really cool place that you might not have ever gone to otherwise. So it is. It's a great, great. It's there. They can be really fun, really great bonding experiences when there's not too many different groups of people there a lot of yeah. times too. <laughs> true. It's true. And I think there's probably, I don't know, like a pressure to include everybody when sometimes like certain. It, that's hard. Like certain groups of people just, you know, they're right. not going to go well together, but you're putting them almost like even for our family, right? Because I'm 10 yeah. years older. So like when our brothers got married, it's kind of like, are they inviting Jeff, who's 15 years older than all of their friends, even though it's their brother-in-law? Right. It's like, to be nice. It was like, there's those people you invite because you're like, 
kind of hoping they say no, but you want to include them. Right. So it's like <laughs> my high school friends are going to hang out with my brother-in-law who's 15 years older than them. And like, you know, it just those moments where it's like, uh, yeah, you don't want to combine too many groups of people that don't go well together, but you kind of have right. to. Exactly. Um, and I think that's where these things become a little weird, but like, especially, and I don't want to be like gender stereotyping, but I feel like for women, it be, can become a little bit more like men are just kind of like going with the flow yeah, a little bit. Whatever. More right. Time, I'm just going to sit on the couch and text if I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Like, no one, no, no one's like that. insulted. Right. Whereas I think there's a little bit more of a, these people don't, are not like partiers and these people are partiers. Yes, exactly. You know, so a lot, of, a lot of different wants and needs and personalities that go into these things. Totally. So on Valentine's Day, for those of you that are single, enjoy the fact that you are not dealing with any of this. This yes. is not taking up space in your mind and you can just relax. You could still be planning someone else's. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> the worst of both worlds. Well, maybe that's how the sister feels. Maybe it's like this. Maybe it's maybe it's the sister. The sister they're referring to is the one who's thirty with the twenty-six-year-old sister who's like, I don't really want to be doing right. this. Right? Yeah, I, I'm not downloading the app, and I have an Android, and that's it. Yeah, figure it out. Exactly. Um, I don't want to be here, um, right. which is a possibility. I'd give this a six because I just think generally when people are late and don't apologize, it's like rude and wait and feels like they're wasting your time. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, and I think there's a feeling of it being like slightly on purpose. So I would agree with the six. Yes. All right. You want to read the next one? Yeah, sure. Hey, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. I'm a longtime you up listener and I'm loving oversharing. I listen and go for a walk. Every episode It's one of my favorite parts of my week. Yay, yay. I have a triggered scenario for you. So I've been with my husband five years, married for one, a couple of years into dating this girl, old friend that he ran college track with hit on him through Snapchat. It wasn't anything huge then. I just asked if they'd ever had a thing, and he said no. A couple of years later, I was still rubbed the wrong way by that, and neither of us had interacted with her since, so we didn't invite her to the wedding. Fast forward to moments ago, lol. We somehow get on the topic of people we've kissed, and I say her name as if I know they've kissed. I didn't. And he nods, like that's common knowledge. I guess they made out at a party once. I laughed it off, but have to admit I'm slightly annoyed. I feel like he lied by omission to me years ago. What's your take? I can see being slightly annoyed, but I also don't think it's a big deal. But I think it's okay to be that both are true. Right. I could see being annoyed. But you, you said, did they have a thing? That's too That's true. generic of a question. Right? Yes. What is a thing? Making out at a party, is that a thing? I don't think that's yeah, a thing. I, I mean, could maybe- see why you'd, you would feel that if someone asked me about someone I made out with for two seconds at a party, if they passed them, I could see why I'd be like, no, we didn't have a thing. Right. And like, maybe you could have elaborated. Right. But right. I could also be like, I don't know if I need, want, would want or need to know that. And she like right. tricked him into telling her this time. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. That's why I think you have to be specific. Like I've asked, like, did you ever have sex with that person? If that's the question that I want to know, that's the question that I'm right. going to ask. Pretend um, you're in court, right? Yeah, be vague. Yeah. Did, yes. you have, did, did you have sexual relations with that person? <laughs> have you ever made out? Did you go on a date? How many dates? Right. <laughs> who broke? Who ended it with who? Um, yeah, I think the original question was too vague, um, but I could see 
why you're annoyed because he probably knew that he led you to believe that there was literally nothing there. And then you found out that there was a little something. But honestly, a makeout at a party that was at least five years, probably closer to eight years ago. Yeah. I think we can let that one go in the grand scheme of things. But I could see why she'd be like, well, what else are you hiding? (laughs) Like, what else haven't you told me? But also, I get like, I think it's like, you got to choose your battles here. And I think that one you could let slide. Right. You could even make a joke about it. If you I think sometimes that's making a little joke about it is a way of saying like, it's a little annoying, but I'm also right. not like I know that yeah super mad at you. Totally, I I agree with that. Although I, on the flip side, right, and I think this is something that couples probably deal with is like, it is a little weird to be around, or I don't know. Do you think it's weird to be spending time with someone that your partner has had some type of intimacy with, and you don't know about it? You a know, make like, out at a party. Yeah. I It's almost like let's right. say let's say you had some friends over and your apartment and one of them was a girl that Mike went to high school with. And they were like talking and laughing and like, you know, she put a, her hand on his shoulder or something and then you later found out that they one time had an intense makeout. Yeah. Okay, you I probably see, yeah. feel a little bit differently than if that same interaction happened and they never had any makeout at all ever, right? That's true. Yeah, I think that's fair. I could see why. That's what I'm saying. I could see why it would be like a little you annoying. Were at one point, attracted yes. enough to this person that you put your tongue in their mouth or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, like there you sound like the litigator again. <laughs> exactly. Did yes you put, or no? <laughs> was their tongue? Yes. Um, no, it's true. I mean, it's funny. I had, I think uh, I had a friend before, like years before we met out, I think like Mike drunkenly made out with at um, a party or something and neither of them even really remembered. Right. But now I bring it up and I'll be like, so we're going to your girlfriend's. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Exactly. Like, so there's like that yeah. little joke is like there's a little thing. And I think maybe it doesn't come from nothing. Right. Like there's like a little, a little but I think teeny. sometimes it's like that's a healthy way to it's like fun to joke about it in that way. Yeah. I agree. If you're joking. Yeah. Right. So yeah, no, I don't think you should be upset, but I do, I can understand why you would want to know if you guys are hanging out with um, somebody that he's was once attracted to. I could see wanting to yeah. at least know that. And how long have they been dating? Five, five, oh, they've been married. been married five years. No, they're married, oh, married one. For, married for one. Five years. Together okay. for five. Yeah, I think at this point you can feel... If it was the it's beginning, like I yeah. think you'd probably... I could understand feeling like pretty insecure. Maybe that's why he didn't tell you in the beginning because mm-hmm. it was weird. And now he's like... I probably thinks that you feel secure enough that you can <laughs> handle it. Can deal with it wrong. Um, <laughs> I'd give um, it like a four-ish, four or yeah. five, maybe. I'd give it like a three, four, I think. It okay. was so, it, I mean, if they're together for five, this means this thing was at least six, probably six years ago. And it was yeah. a make out once at a party. But I, I get it. Agreed. All right. Well, that's it for today. That's it for today. That's our time. Great work today. 
Oversharing is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca salz McCaff. Editing by Basilio Perez. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Send your advice emails to oversharing at Betches.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-363-6294. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back, bringing us another scandalous and sexy season. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. In season three, longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy odds and expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton, only on Netflix May 16th. Betches.